Hey guys, welcome back. So, are you a stressed Christian girl in college, overwhelmed with money? I have steps to help you figure this out and deal with it and feel better. Sometimes money overwhelm can be like, feel like such a big obstacle. Okay, I'm totally going to nerd out here. Are you ready? But I just finished watching uh, War of the Worlds, right? The one with Tom Cruise when he's super young. And they just kept going. If you've seen it, he just kept going to try to survive with his daughter. And then, plus, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but I was kind of confused at the ending. So, what killed the aliens, exactly? Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily suggesting the movie. It's kind of dark, but... They kept going to live, to survive, to figure this thing out. And if it's worth it, it's worth putting time and effort into it. And yes, it can be hard sometimes. But I want to give you some advice to help you stop feeling overwhelmed with money in college as a stressed Christian girl. And this is actually an interview that I did with a friend for her podcast, but I laid things out. So I thought you guys might as well listen to it as well. And one more thing before we get started, I want to throw, throw out there. Yes, there are ways to earn money for college, most certainly. But also the other side of the coin is reducing expenses. And one way to reduce expenses is to go to a college that saves you money. Like still good quality education saves you money. Now some of you listening are already set at what college you're going to. That is totally fine, you know enjoy it, right? I mean, like, live with your decision, like, make the best of it. Wait, that makes it sound like it was a bad decision. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to change your mind. But if you haven't decided on a college yet, or a place to transfer to, I wanted to let you know that Module 4 of my upcoming course, The Debt-Free College Blueprint, Module 4 is about choosing the school that saves you money. There's many ways to do this between Certain colleges, I suggest, dual enrollment, in-state versus out-of-state, transfer agreements within your state, articulation agreements within schools, community colleges, going to two colleges at once. What? Have you ever heard of that? And I'm not saying like full-time both because that would be crazy. Anyways, all of these things I discuss in Module 4 of my upcoming course, The Debt-Free College Blueprint. And so if you are interested in this, go ahead and join the Facebook group, the Christian College Girl Community, and I'll have updates in there about my upcoming course. And I want you to put in there, post module four, uh, shut the door. Okay, I really need to plan these ahead of time before I just give you a suggestion. Okay, how about this? How about this? If you're trying to save money by what college you're going to, go and post the little emoji with the tongue sticking out that has like a dollar sign on it. Okay, that is much better for a challenge to give to you. Anyways, so, okay, so keep going. You can do it. Keep fighting the aliens that are invading your earth. I mean, the stress about money. And I'll walk you through steps to fight overwhelm, to stop feeling this overwhelm, and know that the college that you're going to might be what is affecting this. So this was just a little sneak peek that in module four of my upcoming course, we're going to talk about that. So if you've ever wondered, you might want to listen in and get the course when it comes out next month. 
Now let's get started. Wow, that felt like a buffet of weird topics I just smushed all together, but I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> hey girl, welcome to Money and Mental Peace, a podcast for Christian college girls wanting to graduate debt-free. Do you procrastinate on homework while Googling easy scholarships and money for college because you're drowning in debt and student loans? Afraid you'll never have enough time and motivation to find ways to pay for college when you don't even have enough time to sleep or have a social life? I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student and overachiever looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college and I wished for a clear direction on how to do it. I wanted an easier way to fund college with less anxiety, but I kept telling myself I had no idea what to do thought I wasn't finished in school fast enough, and thought I would never have enough money. Until some scholarships and real rare school hacks got me through debt-free, and I can show you how to do this as well. In this podcast, you'll find mental peace, answers for your future, and enough money to kill it at college. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and enroll in the most stress-free and debt-free class that you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. All right, my friends, I'm super excited to have Kara here. Kara, welcome to the Freenwell podcast. Hello. Thank you so much. It's good to so, connect. Yes, I'm so excited. So, to help our listeners get to know you a little bit, share with us what is your go to coffee or tea beverage? For sure. So, okay, I basically treat coffee as dessert. So, I'm not exactly the one who's like, I need coffee all the time every day and I am committed to not do that because like I don't want to be addicted to it right I mean like no judgment but like I that's me anyways. for sure <laughs> <laughs> but I would say anything that's kind of sweet so it's kind of like I also like health stuff though so um that just means I only have it so often so I like that but let's go with tea too I really like that um, I don't know if you've ever had the bangle spice tea so it's mm. very like I like tea that like or like peppermint tea that like is sweet and you don't have to add sweetener. Cause I'm one of those that like, I like sweet things, but then I'm like, Ooh, if I have sweets all the time, I feel gross. So how's that for not a very definitive answer? <laughs> That's okay. That's perfect. And then tell us where do you like to hang out? Where's one of your favorite places to spend time? Yeah, sure. Okay. So there's a lot of places, but I really want to do more hiking like out West, mm. like mountainous or like I don't know we had family who lived in Las Vegas so we'd go to the surrounding area and hike although I'd prefer if it's in like the winter or spring so it's not super hot because I have passed out in the desert before don't do that kids I drink so much water but it was that I flushed out my electrolytes so you need to drink water and have like salt or Gatorade or something anyways side note mental peace y'all <laughs> lesson learned on that physical right peace. So yes. I would say somewhere out in nature, give me a sweet beverage, but not too often because I'll like it too much. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Tell us a little bit about why money and mental peace is so important to you. Like, tell me sure. what got you so interested in this? Well, as you know, because we are in a podcast group together, that <clears throat> the idea is to talk to who I was so many years ago, and it still affects me now, I think. But I wanted to graduate from college debt-free. I was motivated from Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University when I was in high school. 
but I, I wanted to not just as like, oh, let's do hard things and be annoying, but like I, I thought of the peace that it would give me after uh, college and not have to pay things back, right? Money back. But I definitely have dealt with anxiety over my life. Actually, Devonnie and I were just talking before this. We got on late to record because we were both like shaky, anxious. We're like, we need to eat. Why do we not remember these things? So um, I just, I've had some anxiety and depression in my life, but I would say anxiety over the long haul has been more prevalent. And so whenever I have had moments of peace and meaning also like physically being able to relax and de-stress it's been so it's been like I just want that right and so as I've learned that over the years and connected to my weird enjoyment of personal finance which I know not everyone geeks out over that I see how much it goes together and Dave Ramsey's class is called financial peace university and I just say if you can imagine having financial peace like you'll have enough money for all that you need. And even months ahead, if you lost your job, you'd still be safe. And, you know, you can go on a trip now and then whatever, but just the piece of it, I I would think, wouldn't that ease your mind too? So I I just feel like there's so money is so connected with, with mental peace. Not that it's like the sole purpose of life, but it's so interconnected that it needs to be talked about. So I, I tell students how I graduated from college debt-free and that's a little bit more of my focus but I also do some mental health help and college you know issues and topics but I like to talk with other people too about uh, paying off student loans and also just but not even that just the mindset of how money can be so peace-giving but if you have a healthy relationship with it not not seeing people who earn money is bad but also not seeing that you always have to go into debt for everything. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like it just is so interconnected. Yes, that makes perfect, perfect sense. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking about how intense financial stress is for people, right? That I I would imagine, I don't have statistics on this, but I would imagine that finances is absolutely one of the top stressors that people experience on a daily, weekly basis right? For the majority of people. And so I love what you're saying about this passion that you have, which we need people like you because not everyone has that passion, right? For like financial well-being. And I think that's so important that when we do think about health and well-being as a more whole, like with a more holistic lens of like you as a whole person, your finances are part of that. Like, how are we taking care of ourselves financially in a way that's going to be supportive towards the things that matter. Like you said, like maybe it's taking trips or spending time with family or right in a way that really is going to enhance your well-being. It's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And often financial issues have been one of the leading uh, causes for divorce over years. You know, sometimes it's the top, sometimes it's towards the top, but as well as honestly for depression and suicides, there have, I mean, don't if you're already in a sad place, but go look up the stories of enough people who won the lottery, haven't handled their money well, and then just like, you know, mm. didn't want to live anymore because they were overwhelmed from that, got into crazy debt. Like it's it, money is so it's a hot topic, right? Yeah. And it can it can push buttons, but also it can bring such beauty when you're drilling wells for 
and people in impoverished countries that get to live. Like, I mean, it's amoral, yeah. you know, it's just what you use it for. Tell us if we have women listening who are like, oh my gosh, I'm in a place where I'm either not spending my money well, or I have so much debt, or I just feel overwhelmed with like literally where to even start with paying this off. What would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. First thing is mindset on money. And that's either like an exciting word or kind of annoying word. Cause you're like, let me just do the things, but we need to talk about mindset real quick. Um, whether I don't know who your listeners are specifically, but whether they're Christian or not listening, they probably have heard a lot of the lies of like rich people are evil. I'm not saying they're not because some are evil, <laughs> but you know, like, or like if you, if you earn money well or handle your money well, or, or that, that just, you know, everyone else is struggling. How come you should be able to, I don't know. I've felt that before, you know, why, why me to go through college debt free and um, first of all, it's that mindset of money is amoral. The Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And, um, whether you're following the Bible in that, or you can just see it in the secular world, right? Like it can be, it can be greed. It can be affecting all these sorts of things, you know, you know, crime and whatever, but it's not necessarily it's, it's it's just a resource. It's like time. Would you get mad at someone and say people who have a lot of time are evil? And that could just be, I mean, some people might, right? Like if you have, if you have mindset stuff around that, like, Oh, people who have so much free time are a B or C. Right. But I think what you're saying is so, so important. Um, and I'm actually listening to the audiobook Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by Ooh. Ooh, I don't I can't remember his name. I'll link it below. But but he talks about the importance of mindset around like what are some of these beliefs that you have around yeah. people who have money or like you're saying maybe people who have a lot of free time or mm. but like what are those beliefs, right? Because if you believe that that mm. either being wealthy is is evil or that people who have a lot of money are evil, you're going to subconsciously be pushing all of that. You're going to be pushing money away and you're going to self-sabotage and all of these other pieces. Right. And you're right. Like you said, well, honestly, you're right. Some people might see if you have a lot of time as evil, but what if it's because you and your husband decided not to have kids? Like, I mean, that was their choice and they just have more time in one instance of life that doesn't automatically mean they're evil people. So just if somebody, what if someone earned a ton of money connected with, I don't know, a product that, that changed lives and then really helped people, then it helped, whatever. Like it's just the mindset on things. You're absolutely right. And, and, um, but I also want to throw out, if you don't mind a couple, well, one book that actually just listened to, it is called baby step millionaires. So it's by Dave Ramsey. And the the purpose behind it is how he's seen over the years, people going through his baby step process of getting out of debt and building wealth and building wealth to be able to be established and also give. So it's Mm -hmm. both. But the reason I would throw that out there is he talks about some stories of people, crazy stories of, of not just people coming from a privileged place, but like a story of this guy I'd have to go back and find the name. I literally listened to it yesterday, but this guy who was born in El Salvador and who was like very poor, right? And his 
uh, parents went to America to find work. And after so many years, he went to live with them in America, but he, they were still below the poverty level, but like, at least they had food almost every day compared to, um, in El Salvador. Anyways, it, it explains how he eventually gets a job and what he does and schooling and whatever, and builds up to, um, paying off debt, not having debt, saving an emergency fund, starting to invest. And it shows that he and his wife retired not re they'd actually retire then he and his wife had a million dollars net worth before they were 40 and listen we need to get the right mindset too a millionaire does not mean you have 12 ferraris and two private jets and can go anywhere a millionaire is your assets it could be most of your house and retirement savings saved up and honestly you're not necessarily um in poverty living paycheck to paycheck but like a lot of millionaires are still like looking for coupons and you know they don't have that much in the bank right now but they're they're set for retirement and their house is paid off like we've got to have a different mindset of what uh, that means but that's one story and another story they talk about in that book is this uh, couple that realized they had three hundred thousand dollars in debt over whatever all over the years they had done and they figured out that they had invested i think previously for retirement and they worked on paying that off and i think that included the rest of their house in five years and when they looked up in five years not only were they done paying off the debt they looked in their portfolio with their financial advisor and realized they technically had a million dollar net work worth from other things in the past. So five years, they went from that. What I'm saying is that's not immediately you right there, but that book shows how it's possible. And it explains um, young single mothers, how they changed their life trajectory following these baby steps. And like, what I like is they explained different groups, regardless of nationality, citizen status, you know, single, married, whatever. And so I think that is something on shifting the mindset of what is money? What is a millionaire? Can you actually dig out of a hole, out of the dark cloud that's over you? And that book just proves all these people that have. And of course, you can, we can go more into steps if you want. But I think the first step is he really reiterates in this book is if you believe you can. Actually, Henry Ford said this. If you believe you can and you believe you can't, you're right. So right. <laughs> you so need powerful. to just have a mindset and stories of people who have done it and it's possible. Okay. What, here's, here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you what are maybe one or two things that people need to stop doing. Right. And then what are a couple of things that you feel like people need to start doing Fair. that would feel super okay. helpful? If you don't mean if I mind if I'm rebellious real quick, it's more positive to start with start doing. Go so for I'm it. just going to say, do this free stuff. Start listening to stories of yeah. people just like yeah. you getting out of debt. Listening to stories of, check out Dave Ramsey's podcast, Millionaire Theme Hour. It shows where they came from. or like Start just like ingesting hope that it can be done. And it's free, right? Just listen to it's, a podcast. So if you don't mind, I'm going to say what to do first. <laughs> Go ahead. I love that. And I think you're so right. Like it's, it's so underrated the power of, and I, like, I obviously love podcasts. So like you said, right. Finding podcasts that are talking about people 
who have created wealth, who have done these amazing things. Right. And it's like, it just starts to show you that it's possible because I think for so many of us, you know, maybe we grow up in a place where there aren't a lot of people in your, in your personal life or people who you actually know who are doing these things. And so for you to just start hearing it and hearing that it's possible. Right. And even like, there's one podcast that my sister listens to a ton and I've listened to it a little bit. It's not, it's something like, um, like rookie investing, like real estate investing and just hearing about the stories of people who have been able to invest is like, Oh my gosh, like it's possible, which, so yeah, just want to totally echo what you're saying that just starting to put yourself in a place where you're hearing stories and realizing that it is possible, even if you don't necessarily see it anywhere in your super close tight knit unit Mm -hmm. and your podcast, right. Free and well, like let's say this person listening feels entirely opposite, very unfree and very unwell. Like that, this might seem overwhelming. Well, don't let it just plant a tiny seed of like, listen to a few episodes a week or, or or just one or whatever. Like, like if there's nothing else that you take from this, if, if you're not motivated, but you're overwhelmed hearing this, just start by ingesting what's possible. Just leave it at that. That's fine. And maybe just pray for the next step. But if you want, of course, we can go to more steps as well. But yeah, just starting. So good. Okay. Any other, what, what would be the next thing you think oh, okay. or something that you for sure feel like you would encourage Talk people to start doing. doing? Um, this is another mindset, not thinking that budgets are terrible. Okay. Let's say that you have a day planned and your best friend comes into town unexpectedly and is like, do you have an hour to meet me? And you actually could do laundry later or do this work project later or do something later. Like you actually could move it around and it's fine. Budget is not like so stressed that you can never wiggle around or move or whatever. Like I set a general budget idea at the beginning of the month. And then as the month goes, I can adjust it. Now within reason, be smart. You're maybe not change entirely, but all it is is like realizing, like telling your money where to go without wondering where in the world it went. You get to the end of a month or before you're paid in, you're like, I thought I had all this money. Like what just happened? Like, honestly, that just, I would also say, stop thinking that budget is like, uh, like a prison warden. Instead, think of a budget as a calendar that if there's time, you can rearrange some things. That way you can see it. And then secondly, that would be what not to do. Like stop living above your means. You make $500, don't spend 600. At least spend the same amount, but I would say spend a little less and start saving an emergency fund. And if you want, you can go check out Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps, which they've said they did the biggest study of millionaires ever. I don't know if it's ever recorded or ever in the US, but um, it was basically they gave statistics of that. And then also people have gone through their program. And generally it takes people about two to three years to pay off debt in their program and about 20 years to reach being a millionaire, which sounds insane. If you're listening to this, I've never heard this, but what I'm saying is those steps work. And the first step is saving a $1,000 emergency fund. So I guess the last thing I would say is stop spending every money you make and even start putting, even if it's a few dollars a week into an emergency fund, because you'll feel safe. 
you'll feel like you have a cushion to fall on. If something like, like something breaks in your, and this is emergency. This is not the concert tickets. This is like, you have to get to work in school and something broke in your car and you this need to like, you have tire. to take your like, dog you to money. the vet and yeah. you get a $1,200 bill that you weren't oh, expecting. <laughs> no. Yep. Yep. This is like that. I, so I would say that sounds like you've had that personal story. That yeah. Recently. Terrible. Yes. Um, I would say do start ingesting positive content of people doing this. Like there, there's a ton, like I'm in one Dave Ramsey Facebook group, only one. And there's like over a hundred thousand people in there that are like posting their journeys and their stories. So like, it's not that unusual. And I would say, stop thinking that a budget is, um, like gonna smack you, right? A budget is like a calendar that that at least you just know what you did last week or where stuff goes. And stop living um, above your means and start scraping parts of it to sit, put into an emergency fund to feel safe. Of course, like I said, there's steps beyond that, but that would give you such peace. What if something happened on your car next week and you knew, oh, I have the money to pay for it. It's fine. What that mental that? piece coming in, yeah, right? That's what I mental- would suggest. Yes. 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 And I love to, I just want to acknowledge that some people really cringe when they hear the word budget. So if that's you, like maybe you play around and find, find a different term, right? Like I know some people who use the term like expense plan or spending plan or money calendar, right? Or like that's okay. Right. Whatever's going to feel helpful for you to where, when you look at it or think about it, it doesn't feel like you said, like this really constricting, right? Really frustrating experience. And I think another piece that that you touched on as well is this idea of building your self-trust around mm-hmm. your spending. And this is something that when I've had moments of this, because I've totally been there where it feels like, oh my gosh, where did it go? Where, <laughs> Right? But like when you say that you're going to do something, when you say, okay, tentatively, this is what I'm spending my money on. Or like right now I'm trying the cash system for my spending. So oh. I literally, I literally have cash in a jar that is for the month that is on my personal spending. Yeah. And so as you set an intention, starting to build that trust that you are capable of following through on what you say you're going to do. I think that's another really big underlying piece is like, I can imagine that people, and I've been here where you go in and you're like, yeah, I'm going to create this Excel sheet, but I'm not, not going to follow it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. And so being willing to just one little win at a time mm-hmm. being like, okay, I'm only going to spend, you know, this certain amount, or like, generally, this is what I want to stick with my budget to. And then if you, if you follow through on that, even a little bit celebrating mm-hmm. that, right. And building that trust that like, you are going to stick to your word and do what you say you're going to do for yourself yep. because you can, and you're capable and it matters. Absolutely. Like try one thing, just be like, um, I don't even know, like going grocery shopping. I have this goal, even if I don't hit my gas goal or whatever else, I have this one goal for this. And if you make it like, that's great. Or like little steps of things, or also, um, like I said, rearranging things. If you didn't spend as much in gas and then you do, it's fine. Do it for food. But I will also say, don't, um, try to be a martyr in it because like what I mean is um, I'm not as much a spender and some people are savers, some are spenders and both 
are good. Let's let's have a clarifying statement here. Both are good when handled healthily, because a spender could constantly spend and just have terrible debt, but a saver could never be giving and never even enjoy their money, right? I actually give myself a little cushion room. I think I'll spend, I don't know. I'm not saying this is what it is because I don't know what gas is for where you're listening to. Whoever. $6 a gallon uh, over here. Okay. I think we were for something, Ugh. but like, let's say you're spending a hundred. I don't know how much people drive too. It might be a lot. Let's mm-hmm. say a hundred dollars for gas for the month, which could be a lot for some people and not a lot for others, but let's round to a hundred. Let's say you normally only do like $80. Well, round up a little bit just so you have wiggle room. Don't be like stingy with yourself. You know, like you can be just like with your calendar, if you think it'll take a half hour, but you can give yourself an hour. Like if, and then if you make less than your goal, that's a celebration. So I guess it's just the mindset around budgeting. Money is amoral. It can be used for awesome things. And, um, just giving yourself wiggle room and knowing where stuff went at least. Yeah. Even if you don't like where it went, at least you knew where it went. (laughs) Really though, that awareness. Right. And I think another big piece too, is when you said that it can be a part of amazing things is like allowing this budgeting or spending or expense tracking to be able to help you spend money and time on things that really matter to you, right? So like, what are your top goals or priorities in this season that you're in? And like, okay, how can we align what you're spending money on or maybe what your, right? What your budget looks like to really help you be able to live out what your priorities are and what you want to experience. Yes, yes, absolutely, totally. And if you don't like, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to connect this whole um, mental health and therapy connection because, Hey, out there idea. I actually had a therapist last year and it was awesome. It was good because I was dealing with just like stress and handling it. But like, imagine how your body would physically feel if you knew where all your money went or, or as you do it, as you realize that you were under your budget this month, see how happy that makes you. Or if you have peace that you knew you could make a car repair or a new tire like, what does that do physically? Like that can help you sleep better at night. Like that's that connection point, um, to mental peace with it as well, because what if you were overwhelmed and didn't have enough time? Do you feel stressed? Now, some people rise up under pressure, but if that was constant for a full year, that'd be horrible. What do you feel like when you have extra time to do things? Um, sometimes it freaks people out, but like generally, if you thought, that you were super busy and then had extra time, wouldn't that be such a relief? Like that's what your body can feel like. And if you don't mind one more thing, throw out for somebody to listen to the book, the latte factor or read it. I listen to stuff because it talks about how to pay off debt and invest on automation. So you don't have to worry about it each month. Mm -hmm. So you set it up so that it's paying a little bit more in someone's debt. So you're paid off faster and it's invest, you know, and then after that investing so that you're not having to do it in your budget. Like you don't even get that money, like from your paycheck, it goes to paying off debt a little bit more. So the money that comes into you, you don't have to decide that I have to pay the money off. Now you get to just spend it for food and life. There's just so many different ways to do it. So definitely Dave Ramsey book, Latte Factor. I didn't, I'm not even like, I'm not like an advisor for them. I just really like the books. So those are my thoughts. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think if we were 
just as we're wrapping up, thinking about like, like Kara, like you mentioned, how is this financial piece, right? And this is something for people to journal on. How are my finances impacting how I feel and how I show up and what I do with my time and my energy? And what would be maybe one really great first step for me to take, right? So whether that's listening to one of the books that Kara suggested, or, you know, maybe it's just starting to explore possible budgets or types of budgets, or maybe it's setting aside $20 a month, $50 a month. What is that one baby step that you feel will be helpful for you? Um, and really acknowledging that it really does impact our mental health and how we show up and, and our ability to create and live these lives that really are centered around what's important to us. Right. So Kara, thank you so much for your time and sharing so much of your wisdom. Where can people find you? You can go to the podcast money and mental peace and it's all free content. So come hang out with us. And I, I do talk a little bit more on college stuff, but a lot of the mindset ideas can be applicable to other things. And I have other guests on sometimes so you can go find your own, but I would say that. And then Dave Ramsey's podcast is awesome. So it's good to talk to you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kara. Thanks. That Bye. awesome. It was so cool that she let me on her podcast and I thought the points could be really applicable to you guys um, <clears throat> with steps when feeling overwhelmed with money in college. As a stressed college girl. Okay. I'm going to go back to my lame little nerdy uh, War of the Worlds, I love movies, little thing. I just wanted to connect with you guys with a point of nostalgia, okay? Um, did you ever watch Chicken Little when you were younger, the one where he sings We Are the Champions? Okay, so when I started watching this movie, War of the Worlds, I was like, when the aliens actually came down and started, like, zapping, you know, doing all the zapping thing, I was like, oh, this is that movie! Or at least Chicken Little was doing it on top of was like parodying this anyways it just connected my childhood and since then i've been singing the song from chicken little it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine okay not to be depressing i was not trying to be depressing in this episode i just i have been feeling all the nostalgia feels and it was a fun exciting movie and <laughs> if i am just really weird and you don't know what I'm talking about, I am very sorry. But Chicken Little is actually like War of the Worlds just for kids because it turns out the aliens are nice in that cartoon movie, not like in the actual movie when they're not nice. Anyways, um, yeah, so I just had to say that because I remembered I didn't explain all of that well. So have you ever watched Chicken Little? or whatever. Remember the um, suggestion, the call to action I gave you at the beginning of this episode? Go ahead and join the Facebook group, Christian College Girl Community, and post the little emoji with the guy with his tongue sticking out, and there's like a money sign on his tongue. I don't know what that has to do with Chicken Little, but tell me also if you've seen Chicken Little, because this was a strange, eclectic episode. Anyways, love you guys. Hope you have a great day, and God bless. Hey girl. Okay, so before you run off to calculus, if this podcast has brought you any encouragement, would you please write a review on iTunes or take a screenshot, post it in your Insta stories, and tag me. Let's tell the rest of our stressed sisters that more money and peace can be attained outside of the conventional way of doing college. 
See you next time. Love and prayers, Kara.